0: On the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. We've certainly heard lots about fentanyl and opioids and uh, the whole crisis in uh, the whole opioid crisis that is uh, being felt uh, across the country. It seems now we're finally uh, realizing just how severe this is and how many people are addicted to these types of drugs. Health Canada has placed restrictions on chemicals that are used to create fentanyl. However, these are, uh, however are these restrictions going to do anything in the long run? In, is, are people actually making their own? Uh, to talk more about all of this, Michael Parkinson, uh, Parkinson is with his drug strategy specialist with the Waterloo Crime Prevention Council and is with us now. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you today? Great, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking the the time to join us. We greatly appreciate this. Uh, Do Canadians have a grasp on how big this problem is?
1: Uh, Well, I would say we're uh, a little slow on the solutions for sure. Um, Certainly out in British Columbia and Alberta, if um, you are someone who has been affected by substance use, yeah, absolutely, you've got a handle on it, and not just recently, Um, but I, I think where we're... Really bogging down is at senior levels of government and amongst other agencies that are, uh, you know, really set up to protect public health and safety. And you know, on our end, we've watched the bootleg fentanyl crisis unfold or, over a number of years, and um, there's a strong sense that um, we're not acting with the the kind of urgency. Uh, that we would if it was a different kind of uh... cause of death that was happening for example SARS or uh... zika virus or even motor vehicle collisions and um, so we haven't seen an urgent and proportional response and you know the C- center for disease control has recommended uh... for the first time a year ago uh... that those efforts really need to be done in collaboration with local communities and a wide variety of stakeholders collaboration tends to be really difficult for those uh, sort of status quo agencies and senior levels of government. So, yeah, there's a, I think there's a growing recognition, um, um, sort of east of British Columbia and Alberta, but uh, certainly a recognition that much more needs to be done and much
0: more quickly. You bring up a very valid point. If this was SARS or the Zika virus, we'd be all over this. Why, why the different attitude with something like this?
1: Well, yeah, no kidding, we'd be all over it. Um, And for context, you know, 44 Canadians died from SARS total. And I would guess that on a weekly basis across Canada, we lose 44 people to an opioid overdose each and every week. So, yeah, I think what's happening is we're seeing, you know, all those stereotypes and stigmatization and sometimes outright discrimination being played out across multiple sectors. uh, uh, And at the end of the day, it manifests itself in a a system uh, that is unable or unwilling to respond to what is really a leading cause of acute uh, death right across Canada. And not just recently, either. You know, for in Ontario, um, in 2000, there were 111 people who passed away from an opioid-related overdose. In 2015, that number uh, had grown to 700 people. So that's, what, about a 540% increase uh, in the last 15 years. In total, that looks like 7,000 dead Ontarians from opioid-related deaths. Um, And you compare that to 44 deaths from SARS across Canada total, we have not seen a